Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to a very special live episode of Buckeyes Tomorrow Morning for Thursday, February 8th. I'm your host, Tom Moore. The Akron game in 205 days. The game against Michigan in 296 days. It has been, what, Tony Gerdeman, 38 days or so since the Buckeyes last played a football game, which is also the last time we got to talk to Ryan Day before Wednesday. And boy, howdy, has some stuff changed since the last time we talked to Ryan Day. We got to talk to Ryan Day for over an hour on Wednesday, which was an absolute delight because I think we both went in there with about 40 things we wanted to mm-hmm. ask about. And probably about 35 of those got asked about. So uh, I'm going to let you choose the first thing we talk about because it will be literally anything you want to talk about about uh, Ohio State football. Well, I think the first thing is Bill O'Brien. So mm-hmm. no updates there just yet. Obviously, he's hoping that Bill O'Brien will stay. And listening to Ryan Day talk over that hour, Everything he said about Bill O'Brien was something that this program could use in terms of the offense and just the, the experience, the ability to nitpick the offense, nitpick the terminology, the teaching aspect of it, and improve all of that. And, of course, take the play calling off of Ryan Day's plate and just provide Day with the ability to be more of the CEO, as everybody talks about. But the game management that you asked about with Ryan Day, so many reasons why Ryan Day wants Bill O'Brien to stay. And yet, they don't know if he will. And he was at, he was at work today here in Columbus, but it's just a waiting game. I think Ryan Day said, like to have everything finalized within the next week in terms of the entire coaching staff as well. But right now, just a, a waiting pattern. And you, from what I got, he really, really, obviously, he hired Bill O'Brien, but he really wants him to be here. Yeah, that, no question. I know that there was that that was not a universally well received hire. Ryan Day is in with both feet on Bill yeah. O'Brien, feels you know like he's going to give them everything they would potentially want out of that position and potentially free Ryan Day up to do a bunch of other stuff. And it's just a matter of, does he go to Boston College or not? And, you know, the Pete Thamel report earlier in the week that that's a decision that's probably coming over the weekend. I think that's probably about the time frame you can reasonably expect. So we will see how that goes. There was a, so many, so many different interesting things in this press conference. I'm, I'm just going to, I think we just are just going to bounce around. Right. I, I think one of the most interesting things that I heard was right towards the end, not necessarily a question I thought was going to lead to a really interesting answer, but Will, uh, Will Howard, the transfer quarterback from Kansas State, his ability to run the football. Ryan Day basically said, yeah, we got to have a guy to, you know, we, we think that having a quarterback that can be effective in the run game 
is going to have a real positive impact on their ability to win games late in the season. I think I know which game specifically he has in mind. But that feels like that's a real significant philosophical shift for him. Yeah, and not just Will Howard, but he said, we now have five quarterbacks that can do it. Just mm -hmm. to be somebody that the defense has to respect as a runner, not that they need to do it all the time, but just somebody to be accountable, uh, accounted for by the defense. And that's what they've got in all of their guys. And so, yeah, Will Howard being a guy with 920-some yards rushing in his career, he's not a runner, though, he'll tell you that. He just yeah. he will run and is more than, more than willing to do so. But they've got a bunch of guys, five, Mm -hmm. that are willing to do that now and yeah the end of the season he said you can't you can't win games at the end of the season there you can't win the, the, the last game without running the ball and uh you know that's we've said it for years when that quarterback is not an option when the defense does not respect it then they don't have to worry about it and he said the same thing and so having whoever it is will howard devin brown whomever to be that guy just helps the running game makes them a better team at the end of the season when weather has turned. And who is that quarterback going to be? Well, Will Howard came in expecting to be the starter. Yeah. You know, I think that's what you would sort of assume if you're coming in for your last season. Not a guarantee, which you would obviously also not expect any, you know, that they're going to just come in with. Even Caleb Downs is not being announced as a guaranteed yeah. starter, even though he came in as a freshman All-American and second-team All-American and all that kind of stuff. So... All these jobs are going to be settled on the field this spring. Having five quarterbacks is great. They Ryan Day has said he wants four, at least four scholarship quarterbacks. He played with less than that at times. They got five now. It's great. That's wonderful. How the heck do you balance getting all of these guys snaps this spring? Because you've got three guys, three of the quarterbacks have never been through a spring here before. And one of them just got here a month ago. And, you know, one of the guys who has been through a spring this is just, you know, that that's going to be a real challenge this spring. Yeah, and he said they're going to do everything they can to get as many reps as possible. We have saw we saw them in the summer, in the fall camp, go to two fields at the same time. I wonder if they'll be able to do that in the spring. That also requires you have enough bodies for linemen and defense and receivers to have. You need two teams worth of healthy bodies, and they don't always have that in the spring. And so we'll see what they're able to do. But um, they're going to move fast and, and you know, then he said eventually things will just start to work themselves out. The cream will rise to the top, and maybe there'll be fewer reps for this guy, more reps for this guy, more reps for these three guys or four guys. But you have five now. Who knows how many they have in May? And yeah. that's why it's important to have five now. And he said they didn't go into this expecting to bring in Julian Sand. That was not part of their recruiting, you know, once they got Aaron Nolan and um, they were done. They they offered Julian Sand before Nolan, but um, Nolan was committed to Alabama. And then when this happens, you're like, well, let's let's go for it. And now you've got five guys and it'll uh, work itself out. It's crazy how some of this stuff has sort of shaken out over the last month. Come building it, bringing in Bill O'Brien. Sure. Yeah, that was that was, I think, a big part of the plan. Bringing in a veteran guy like that. You did it. Perfect. Just what you sort of expect. The sort of fallout from that being, well, Bill O'Brien was maybe part of the recruiting a little bit with Julian saying at Alabama. Okay, so that maybe helps with that a little bit. And then you also have a, you also have a, uh, you know, Julian Say, and then he goes into portal because when they brought in Bill O'Brien, I don't think Nick Saban had retired yet, correct? Uh, correct. Yeah. So, you know, it was not, it was not like this was some diabolical plan to bring in uh, Bill O'Brien to poach all of these Alabama recruits. 
the things have just sort of fallen into place in the way that they have. They were not expecting to bring in Julian Sain, I think, you know, but when you have an opportunity to bring something, someone like him in, he's one of two five-star quarterbacks in the 2024 recruiting class. You don't want to take off the other or in the 2024 recruiting class. But, you know, he, Brian Day said, you kind of have these conversations yep. and you don't come to Ohio State without wanting to compete. That is a part of being here. And you want to, you want to be the best. You got to be the best. Well, and for Rich Flair. Woo. Yes. But the idea that you can come to Ohio State, and it's going to be an easy road. Like there's nobody in front of me. I'm just going to run this thing. Like that's not the reality. So you're coming in knowing that there's going to be talent around you and ahead of you, behind you. And so you go in knowing that. And you also go in knowing that they're going to bring somebody else behind you as well. And none of these guys are guaranteed anything. The spring is going to be, uh, Ryan Day is clearly looking forward to what is going to go on this spring mm -hmm. as uh, they, they figure this whole thing out. But um, throughout this whole thing, it's just been interesting to talk about the, the cultural fits. Like these aren't mercenaries. These are guys that they had backgrounds with. And the transparency that they talked about when you're going to the portal, you talk to the players who are already at that position. You talk to the coaches. When uh, when they're bringing in Julian Sand, they talk to Air Nolan. They talk to the co the quarterbacks and said it doesn't always go well when you talk with, with players about, hey, we're going to bring this guy in. We're thinking about bringing this guy in. But generally, they're on board. Same thing with Quinchon Judkins. I thought it was interesting where Ryan Day said as soon as Judkins was in the portal, they basically went to Travion yeah. and said, hey. What, do you, what do you think? Yeah. Well, and I think that's a little bit of a testament to Travion Henderson coming back, being a fourth year guy, being an established veteran on this team. There is not an, an established veteran in the quarterback room right now, an established veteran starter for Ohio State. So it's a little bit of a different conversation. I did take note of that, that they went to Travion and said, what do you think? Yeah. And Travion basically said, yeah, fine, do it. Great. I think everyone has sort of seen over the last years, months, whatever, that there is only so, you know, there's only so much battering that your body can take as a running back that the amount of hits you're going to take is only going to increase now moving forward as you get into college football playoff and, you know, potentially 16 games this year, theoretically, I guess, possibly 17 games, but that's just, that's a lot. And having someone else who's a veteran to sort of share that load. It's interesting that he framed the Will Howard decision as, well, Kyle went in the portal. Kyle McCord went in the portal, so then they had to go find another quarterback. Chip Trainum went in the portal, so then they had to find another quarterback. So this was not necessarily just, we're going to just go, you know, give me two of these and three of these. And uh, it, it was sort of strategic. It lines up with, you had holes to fill, very specific holes to fill. And, you know, I think Travion Henderson recognizes he's not going to be able to carry the ball 350 times next year. So this is a way to sort of take a load off of him a little bit. I think a good question next time for Ryan Day is, were you going to go to the portal for a quarterback, even with Kyle McCord returning? Because um, I think that would be some insight. Yeah, well... It, what what is the answer you're going to get there? I think the answer you're going to get there is well, you know, we look we, we always look at everything, <laughs> and that's you, you kind of get the yeah. the answer, the not non answer answer. But you can tell me no. You could, and if you it, don't tell me no, then it's yes. Yeah, yeah, and I think, and I do think they look at everything because you never know. You never know who could go in the portal. You never know. Hey, someone gets hurt. You never know. You never know. 
So yeah, I, I think that they, the quarterback play in 2023 was not where they needed it to be to get to where they want to get and where they want to get. It's very clear. It is. The goal is a national championship. It's the same three goals as always beat Michigan with the big 10 with the national championship. The goal this year is a national championship. Brian Day was asked point blank. Is this a championship caliber team? And he said, then you think so? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Clearly, it's a very loaded roster. He said all of this momentum started with the juniors coming mm-hmm. back and the seniors, Lathan Ransom, Cody Simon returning. So that kind of got everything going real quick back to the running backs when they asked, talked to Quinshawn Judkins and said, hey, Travion's coming back. He's like, cool, awesome. That, that's mm-hmm. great. I love that. I, there's definitely a way for both of those guys to get 200 carries this year. I, there's, there's plenty of room for those for both of them. Uh, but yeah, getting the, the, the underclassmen coming back just as Ryan Day kept saying, showed everybody, showed the guys out in the portal, that, hey, this is pretty clear, a uh, nice place to be. Guys want to come back. They want to continue to uh, experience this. They could go to the NFL. They're choosing not to. And so that's, I think that speaks volumes. That does as much recruiting as, as, Maybe as an IL, probably not, but as, as much as the coaches. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus do at least well it, i think that goes back to watch what they do don't listen to what they say and yeah it's a real it's real easy to say oh yeah it's a brotherhood and oh yeah it's a you know you know we 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 feel like there's unfinished business they said even for marvin harrison jumping to the nfl wasn't a hundred percent guaranteed lock and even as a top five pick like he's going to be there was still a little bit of that sense of unfinished business where it was not sort of an instantaneous snap of the fingers decision. The fact that you had all of these guys come back, that's, you know, that everyone wants to point to this and say, well, NIL, NIL, NIL. Okay, sure. You can't, if you're, if you're going to be even a second round pick, third round pick, what you're, whatever you're making in NIL next year is not going to be what you would make in the NFL. So there has to be, you know, you're not, you're not holding people against their will. So there has to be a little bit of a, you know, shared mission. And the way Ryan Day talked about those guys, it sounded like Jack Sawyer was kind of the ringleader of that thing and really kind of 
drove, you know, drove that group. We, we had a conversation on the, on the uh, huddle board presented by Jeff Ruby Steakhouse at BuckeyeHuddle.com about who might be the Blocko guy. When he talked about that, I thought I might move Jack Sawyer a little higher on my list in terms of who is the Blocko jersey this year. Just if you were kind of the guy who, you know, back in the day, the Mike Doss coming back and that sort of was one of the big moments of that 2002 season. Jack Sawyer being one of those guys who maybe sort of helped ring lead this, maybe he's in that conversation. Yeah, I will say no defensive back in Ohio State should ever give up the two for the zero. The yeah, well, that's true. Yes, yeah. Just throw that out there. But yeah, the, the, the juniors coming back, and Ryan Day said they also understand you can't win it all right now. They understand that this is a long process. They're not even a spring ball yet. So they have that kind of understanding. It will be interesting to watch because a lot of those veterans aren't going to be doing much this spring. Yeah. They're going to be coaching. Mm -hmm. They're going to be pushing guys. They're going to be getting the younger guys kind of paying it forward so that when they leave, mm -hmm. you know, or in October, you know, when, when there's, they need somebody else to step in, these guys are ready. So uh, you're going to see a lot of assistant coaches, I think, for the Buckeyes this year because you don't need JT Tuivolo. You don't need Jack Sawyer out mm -hmm. there getting after the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks actually need time to throw. Mm -hmm. uh, now the offensive line does need some work, but according to Ryan Day, he also likes the offense wide. Yeah, I think they uh, feel like they're in a better spot with the offensive line now. And I saw while we were waiting to start, someone said only one question about the offensive line. There were at least two or three. There were there were a few about the line. And there were some about specific guys. And, you know, is Josh Fryer maybe going yeah. to get kicked inside from tackle the guard and that kind of stuff. But just sort of broadly speaking, it does feel like they feel like they're in a better spot now than they were a year ago. Because last year, last year at center, for example, Luke Whipler was sort of a surprise departure. And then they kind of looked around and went, Huh? What? Where, where did everyone go? And this year, you have Carson Hinsman back, who started for you all last year. You got Seth McLaughlin, the transfer from, from Alabama. He gives you, uh, again, significant veteran presence, presence, a lot of snaps, a lot of cult, you know, I, I, well, if I had four questions for Ryan Day today, I was going to ask him about. Um, okay, the, Tim. The, yeah. <laughs> what if they're quickies? Uh, I was going to ask him about bringing in transfers from a program like Alabama, do those guys get up to speed maybe a little quicker than, you know, bringing in a transfer from ULM last year, yeah. Vic Cutler. You've just spent the last three, four years playing for Nick Saban. I would bet that's a pretty good, you know, college prep for what you're facing at Ohio State. Well, he kind of talked about that a little bit with Seth, Seth McLaughlin, mm -hmm. McLaughlin and, and Caleb Downs talking about how they can let Ohio State guys know how it was at Alabama and they can let the Alabama guys know how it is at Ohio State. So you get different perspectives. And uh, I think that's interesting where you got to find the right guys, but they can give you different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Bill O'Brien coming in, giving them a different perspective on so much in terms of the offensive line talent, a new set of eyes there to what he sees. And what, what O'Brien said to said today is that they're talented and on the offensive line. And we've talked here. I've, I, I believe they have the guys here to get it done. They'll know after spring and they'll move, make a move after spring if they feel like they need to. But um, I, I think there's a, everybody's a year older. Mm -hmm. You've gotten better. There's going to be more pushing because you've got guys now entering third and fourth years who want to play. And if they don't get it done now, they like uh, Antegra Shabola right now. It is this is going to be his what third year? Third year. So at, at this point, he should be pushing for a job somewhere on that offensive line. But there's really only one job open. Mm -hmm. So uh, and that's assuming Seth McLaughlin is the the center. Mm -hmm. You know. So there's not a lot of room. So it, it creates this very physical log jam. Somebody's going to come through that and mm -hmm. it's going to be for the better for the offensive line. But yeah, 
they are much better off now than they were at this time a year ago. We've talked in the past about the panic, the wavering in Ryan Day's voice <laughs> at the end of spring when he's like, oh, because remember at this time, uh, at the end of spring, Zen Maholsky was the starting right tackle and Josh Fryer was the starting left tackle. That's where they were. Yeah. And by the end of the year, Zen Maholsky was not someone you really heard a lot yeah. about. Josh Fryer had flipped to the right side, of course, bringing in Josh Simmons last year. Simmons, I think people looked at, at the number of penalties at San Diego State and went, oh, this guy's a bum and he can't play. Well, redshirt freshman. Redshirt freshman. And then improved so much during the course of last year. Now he's got another, he's got the spring. He was not at Ohio State last spring. So he still has not been at Ohio State for a full year. You got another year where now you're taking first team reps. And however often you're taking them against Shaq Sawyer or JT Tuimolo or Caden Curry or Kenyatta Jackson or whoever it is, that's only going to help. He's now played next to Donovan Jackson for another year. That's going to help. You've got, Don, you know, Donovan Jackson has another year in the system under Justin Fry. The offense is not going to change. It doesn't sound like too significantly. You're not, you know, you're not bringing in Bill O'Brien to run the Bill O'Brien offense. You're bringing in Bill O'Brien to help supplement the Ryan yeah. Day offense. And in the day talked about the fact that they're going to make, they make like terminology tweaks and that kind of stuff during this kind of the, this time of the year, figuring out, Hey, why do you call it that? But, but this is not coming in and installing a whole new offense. So this is an offensive line that should be, last year they were starting from square one. This year for personnel and schematic reasons, it should be far further along the road than that. Yeah, he said you can't let the offensive coordinator come in and just change the offense because coordinators come and go. So you're going to lose a guy after a couple of years. I think you you tweak it, you add to it. Like when Mike Yersich uh, came in, they, they brought in some under center stuff. And so... It, Ryan Day talked about how he, he really likes Bill O'Brien's empty sets. And so you, maybe you see some of that, but you, um, you enhance, you figure out what works for the guys that you have. And then you go from there. And part of the spring is figuring out what works best with their offense, because you've got whatever quarterback it's going to be, it's going to be different than last year's quarterback. The offense is going to be different. So how can you enhance that? How can you get the most out of that? How can you be creative as well? I think creativity, you've got a lot of things to work with. But you can't also get uh, the paralysis by analysis type of stuff. Well, and I think what they're going to bring in and what they're going to get creative with is going to be functionally basically the same package for all five quarterbacks. Yep. You're obviously going to have a lot more for the older guys who are a little more up to speed on the college game than it is for the true freshman. But all five guys can run. You don't have the Kyle McCord where it's like, yeah, I mean, technically he can run in the way that we all can run. Yes. <laughs> I mean, sure, I can run. He has legs. Yeah, he is he is a mobile quarterback in that he is not permanently stationary, but he's not also, you know, Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholz are a little more mobile. And you've got guys in that room now, Will Howard, who I think we said earlier, you know, said he's not a running quarterback. I mean, he has the stats of a running quarterback. So I think, you know, the Will Howard level of mobility is going to maybe be different than the Devin Brown level of mobility and so on down that line. But functionally, it's going to be largely the same package for everyone, which will probably help and help, you know, help them get through more of those reps. We talked about the, uh, you know, the question at right guard and do you kick Josh Fryer inside and put Luke Montgomery there? The answer on that was basically, yeah, we're looking at everything. Yeah. So said so Fryer will get some snaps at right guard. He's yeah. a right tackle now, but they're going to take a look at it. Yeah. And, and you have time to do this. You have time to shuffle guys around. You don't want to be shuffling guys around the third week of August. If you're doing that the third week of March, that's fine. Yeah. That's you that's should be, for, you yeah. should be shuffling guys around the third week of March. That's when you need to find your best five. And I think you've got your, your top five, your best five this year is going to be better than your best five last year. 
I think you're also probably going to have guys six through eight, six through 10, assuming you don't lose a ton yeah. of guys to the portal after the spring, guys six through 10 should be probably substantially better as well. There are going to be guys six through 10 who were one through five last year. Yeah. So yeah. that's a considerable uh, improvement. Can, can I switch to defense real quick? You sure can. When just this is something Ryan Day just kind of said in passing when talking about the improvement over time of offensive line or wherever, said you look back at Jim Dahl's first year here, the defense was really good. It got better second year. It's going to be better this year. Like it was, mm -hmm. there was like a, a matter of fact, like just wait for this mm -hmm. defense this year. And you mentioned Caleb Downs saying, you know, somebody asked, it, like, I think Clay Hall said the last question, is Caleb Downs a day one starter? And he's like, he's going to be awfully hard to beat out. Yeah. So just recognize that, but there is a path forward for somebody to beat him out. Good luck. Yeah, right. And and it's one of those, no job is guaranteed. It would be a significant upset, shall we say, for Caleb Downs to not be the starter at the adjuster position for Ohio State. So if Caleb Downs is an adjuster, Tony, yes, and Lathan Ransom is back at the bandit position, well, Tony, what, what does that leave for Sonny Styles? Well, and I asked Ryan Day, what's, what does that leave for Sonny Styles? And could he be moving to linebacker? And I'll have to go back and look at all of the exact wording, but it was, we're, we're looking at everything, um, but also that is in play because yeah, he can't yeah. do a bunch of different things and they'll, they're, they're going to talk to him about it. But remember, Sonny Styles said a year ago, somewhere in the, I don't know what it was during the season, before the season, somewhere maybe in camp, I know my future is probably a linebacker. Mm -hmm. So he, they talked about when you make these position moves, whether it's Josh Fryer to right guard, Kate Stover to tight end, Chip Trainum to running back, they have to be on board with it. And from what we know of Sonny personally, uh, the player, the, the, the teammate, he would be completely on board with this, it's not just because he knows that that's probably his future, but whatever is best for the team he's willing to do. Plus, he can do a lot of different things with his versatility that maybe suits better closer to the line of scrimmage than away from it. So this is, again, the the experimenting that Jim Knowles talked about, experimenting with Sonny Styles last spring. Mm -hmm. There's going to be different levels of it this spring. Yeah, and again, they just have more pieces, more proven pieces there. Last year, even Josh Proctor at that adjuster position turned into a really pleasant yeah. surprise. But this time last year, we were kind of looking at Josh Proctor and going, well, yeah. maybe it'll happen at some point. There, you know, there are guys at that in that kind of spot right now where you've heard good things, but you haven't really seen it on the field consistently. You know, like Jaden Ballard at the wide receiver position. Could it happen? Sure, maybe. It, it hasn't happened yet. Doesn't mean it can't happen. That was sort of where Josh Proctor was this time last year. So then for Josh Proctor to turn into what Josh Proctor turned into yeah. was a real pleasant surprise. Now you have, you know, if Caleb Downs is back there, I think you're feeling even more confident in him. Plus, you have Malik Hartford back there as who was this time last year, you know, a, a completely unproven true freshman. And now you come in and he's at least played some as a true freshman, which tells you something about what they think of him. So that was, I think, uh, that was kind of the, the big secondary talk. There's not a lot of questions about the corners. What other question? than, well, yeah, yeah, they don't feel like there is a lot of questions yeah. about the quarters. There were, there was a question about Tim Walton, who coaches the yes. corners. Uh, Tim Walton, however good your January has been, friends, uh, Tim Walton is having a better, Tim Walton's having a better 2024 than you are. Yeah. They talked about, somebody asked about Tim Walton. He just goes on on how well he teaches, um, how, how much players like him and, and the communication that he has with them. And then he's like, and he also can recruit. You know, like, he, he re it's big if true, but it's the development, it's the teaching. It's that aspect of it. It's the cultural fit. It's the fact that he is a Buckeye and wants to win a championship here as well. 
but then also he can bring in the talent that will allow um, all of the teaching to become uh, more beneficial. So, yeah, the corners, like, what is there to talk about? Um, I do think it is interesting, though, that if there was no Caleb Downs and Denzel Burke did go, Ohio State would be going into spring ball with Malik Hartford and Jermaine Matthews, and I don't think they'd be worried about it. I don't think so, because those are guys who you saw as true freshmen do enough that you'd go, okay, if you're doing this as a true freshman, yeah. you're going to be fine moving yeah. forward. Caleb Downs is a true freshman last year. Jermaine, you're, uh, uh, Malik Hartford is a true freshman. Being out there as a safety in the Michigan game, even just for a little bit, yeah. tells you, okay, they think this kid is way further along than a typical true freshman. Caleb Downs started 12 games for Alabama <laughs> and was a freshman All-American. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a whole, that's another step or two beyond that. Both of those guys have really bright features at Ohio State. And, you know, if, if it was Malik Hartford and Jermaine Matthews, again, we talked earlier about the learning curve where the first year, okay, goes up a little bit. And then you start going, you know, the, the second year is where you typically really see the big jump. So expecting probably some of that. The, uh, I'm just, it would be of, nice to see Caleb Downs get a little bit better. I, I think, I think there might be a little more in there. But he, uh, he's definitely someone who, between the conversations about the work ethic and the focus and the film study and all that kind of stuff, the reason you're further along is because you are more maximized at this point of your right. career than a lot of other guys are. Uh, one interesting thing was the 10th position coach, which <laughs> is still an open question as to what's going to happen with that. And, open wound. And is, you know, the, the Bill O'Brien position is full for, for now. We'll see if they need to fill that position again. But you do have that one extra spot. And is that going to be James Laurinaitis' linebacker's coach? Is that going to be a defensive line, head co you know, coach in waiting kind of thing? There's been lots of stuff thrown around about that. There was something thrown out at one point about, you know, days thinking about bringing in a uh, special teams coach again. But it was, I asked him a question that was only sort of vaguely related to this. And he just sort of said, you know, something that was essentially along the lines of, well, you know, I mean, I'm probably going to, you know, take a take a look at a bigger role with special teams myself where we've seen that with Ohio State head coaches before where Jim Tressel was the special teams coach on Jim Tressel's teams. It's interesting. It, the fact that he threw that out there kind of made me think this might be more than just getting thought about. This might be what you're leaning towards and then that 10th spot goes somewhere else. Well, and he also said Matt Guerrieri. Guerrieri mm -hmm. can also, as a special teams background, and he could fulfill that role so that's all going to be worked out so really feels like um i don't even know why at this point they would go to just a special teams coordinator when they have solutions for it i think maybe it comes down to the fact that if they can't find if bill o'brien leaves the, the trickle down effect of all of this mm -hmm. if bill o'brien leaves and they can't find somebody that he trusts to hand over the play calling to because he said you're not just going to hire somebody to go here. You call plays. It's got to be the right guy. You can go hire an offensive coordinator or a quarterback's coach, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to give them the keys because they may not be the right fit. So if Bill O'Brien leaves and they go get a coordinator or a quarterback's coach, but they has to keep the play calling, that takes him away from special teams, which may force their hand a little bit, may convince Dave that his hand has been forced to go with the, a special teams coordinator. But at this point, it also feels like, as they said, this will all shake out in about a week. We've been wondering about, you know, is Jason Taylor still in the mix? Today is signing day. Mm -hmm. uh, once this is all done, maybe then can they move forward with a new position coach or an additional position coach? 
once everything is signed and dotted in terms of the recruits, now you're free to go basically and or people are free to leave if they want to. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that that's and it sounded like that was probably going to get resolved soon ish. This is not imminent, you know, imminent like today, but you know, in the next week or two, I think he, I think he said like the week, 10 days, something like that in yeah. terms of a timeline. So I, I'm expecting news on that front soon ish. I, I know everyone, every day that goes by, everyone's like, why isn't there a decision yet? And it's well, cause it's January 7th. And if it's, you know, when it's January 9th, it's still not a crisis yeah. just yet, but spring ball is also a month away. So you do want to kind of get that staff filled out. You would like to know, Hey, who's going to be the offensive coordinator and how is that going to fit in? And day was asked, at one point about, you know, so when you decided to give up play calling, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't say I've decided that yet. Just it's, you know, sort of in the, in the works. I asked him about sort of the late game, late close game situation where, for example, Notre Dame. Notre Dame has the ball. It's two minutes left, three minutes left, whatever it is they're driving. You're trying to figure out when you're using your timeouts on defense, you're trying to figure out how much time you have left you're trying to figure out, okay, if and when you get the ball back as your offense, you know, as the guy who's calling the plays, what am I going to call? What, how much time do I have? As the clock ticks down, how does that change what I'm going to call? You're trying to, you're trying to do four things at once. And that's just, that's just impossible. Yeah. You know, you can be as great a multitasker as you want to be. There's plenty of studies that go, you can think you're great at doing this. It's almost impossible to do four things well at the same time. So for day, yes, getting that off his plate if it is like Bill O'Brien calling the plays, sure, that takes one thing off his plate. But he made an interesting point, which is sort of the flip side of that, where if you're deciding, do I want to go for it on fourth and two? If I'm the play caller, I know what play I'm going to call already. And I know I have confidence in the play or don't. If I have, you know, if I have someone else calling plays, well, that maybe changes. Do I know that they have a play in mind? Do I know, hey, this is something I have a high degree of confidence in or not? That, that's sort of an interesting perspective on that because I have always looked at that as a very delegated, handle your CEO kind of responsibility. But that was an interesting sort of angle to that. Yeah, the communication needs to stay there in terms of how do you feel about this, uh, this play? Because it's something where you practice all week, this is our fourth and two, or this is our two-point conversion, where you prepare during the week for that. But then talking about when you, when you are calling the plays, you have complete control. When you aren't calling the plays, you, you, you lose that control, but you get a better perspective of the situation as a whole. And they said there, there's give and take to, there's pluses and minuses to both. But he did realize, he said, during the season last year, it's best for everyone if he's no longer calling plays, which is tough for him because that's, what, that's like his favorite thing to do. That's the football aspect of it. And I remember going Big Ten media days in 2019, I asked several Big Ten head coaches, what did you miss most about being an assistant? And they said coaching, just you know, the football aspect of it. And this is Ryan Day, like just grasping on to still being a football coach rather than a head football coach. But he did say, I got hired for this job because of offense, because of what the success we had on offense. That is no longer my job. I am the head coach. So it's been interesting to watch this growth aspect of it. And I know after the Cotton Bowl, we both said, like, we need to ask him about the conversation that we had with Eli Drinkwitz at the same table. Eli talked about Missouri head coach talking about how blessed he was once he gave a play calling and they, you know, I said, yeah, you know, it was already decided before that. Like that was, that was fine. But uh, he, he had come to the conclusion that it would be best if he could give up play calling 
which he has ish <laughs> and is willing to do so with Bill O'Brien. Doesn't mean he's willing to do, to do so with the next guy, but he wants to bring somebody in so that he can give up the play calling. And he was asked about, you know, what he was looking for in terms of what, what was he looking for in terms of filling that spot when he hired O'Brien? Is And is he going to be looking for similar stuff if he has to replace O'Brien? And it sounds like, yeah, there was specific stuff. Yes, that's going to be, you know, you're still trying to fill the same role, even if it's a guy with a, you know, different different name and a different little bit of a different history. Uh, the only other thing that I had on, in my mind that I wanted to touch on was Jeremiah Smith. Because <laughs> the last time we were in that room, in the team room, talking to Ryan Day was on early signing day on December 20th. And he, Ryan Day found out in real time, as during the press conference, Jeremiah Smith held his announcement. And I'm sure you probably remember, you know, his knees kind of like buckling, like a big, a big theatrical yeah. kind of knee buckle and a big sigh of relief. Uh, just sort of collapsed at the podium for a second and, you know, asked him about, you know, hey, you didn't get the actual letter of intent in until the next morning. So, you know, it was kind of, he said, it's just sort of the new world of recruiting and it's a little bit different now than it used to be. But, you know, th that Jeremiah Smith, uh, all the all the stuff you heard about Marvin Harrison in terms of focus and work ethic and and discipline and all the all the stuff that isn't like, yeah, he's really big and can catch the football really well. All this sort of off-field stuff, yeah. soft factor stuff. You're hearing all the same stuff about Jeremiah Smith, which, you know, I don't, I don't think this is like exclusive being much credit, but you know, I think the the optimism about Jeremiah Smith's future in this building is pretty significant. Yeah, I was glad you asked about that. He they did say he's jumped right in, uh, said he's basically he has so much discipline, but also a ton of skill, obviously. Uh, great approach so far. Did say signing day was crazy. You know, waiting for that, but he's <laughs> no kidding. The quote was but you're talking about the number one player in the country. Mm -hmm. So he kind of knew that going in. And I'm sure Brian Hartline was confident the entire time that they were going to get him. And, and maybe he even said so. Yeah, he said so at, at Cotton Ball. Hartline was like, yeah, we were, you know, I knew, I knew all along. Mm -hmm. They didn't, they, yeah. they didn't seem to agree <laughs> from, uh, from watching it on signing day. But yeah, clearly very, very happy to have him. And, you know, they need him mm -hmm. based on the losses that they've had. So Another fun room to watch in spring. There's just a ton to talk about as spring ball approaches and watching spring. I wonder if we get more access this spring because of the attention and it doesn't hurt the program. It definitely doesn't hurt the program. And I think, you know, I mean, it, we have sort of been, it's been indicated to us that we're going to get coaches at some point and we're going to get the young guys at some point. And then spring ball is only a month away. So, yeah. boy, there is a lot of excitement around this program right now. And you know, I'm sure they want to sell out the stadium for the spring game that because that's a that's a recruiting event. You want to bring in you you have a hundred thousand people in your stadium for the spring game. There's going to be a bunch of recruits there. That's a big thing. You want to you know you want to sell your tickets this year. Selling tickets is not as easy as it used to be for any in-person sporting event, especially if you're trying to sell a hundred thousand. And sometimes you're playing Akron, and sometimes you're playing Western Michigan, and whoever else. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm expecting to have a decent amount of access this spring, which would be great because there's, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Was there uh, anything else that you, while, while you think about that, uh, I just want to address a couple things on there. Uh, we had to uh, make a last, in the comments, <laughs> we had to make a very last second shift uh, of our podcasting location due to some technical issues inside. So we are not on a uh, big fancy Kevin Noon camera. We're just on my laptop and I had already logged in and uh, had not bothered to change my name because it was just supposed to be, yeah. hey, I can read the comments here. So apologize for that. Apologize for the uh, 
avant-garde camera angle today. We'll uh, probably be back to a more traditional look. Should have gone black and white. I thought about it. If I if I knew where that button was, I would have done that. But uh, yeah, we're, we're a little, uh, we're, we're kind of, uh, Tony, it's spring. It's time to just try new things. We're, we're going we're gonna to shift around. You know, something you try in the uh, first week of February, that's not necessarily going to be, this is going to be our style all year. Good, just, good. We're just going to try, we're just trying to find the best five places to podcast. Glad to hear. How about the the very last question of the press conference today? Clay Hall asked Ryan Day about his son, RJ, mm -hmm. getting a scholarship offer from Marshall. So, you know, RJ loves football, lives and breathes football. And then, uh, and I don't even know who asked, who was better, who's the better quarterback <laughs> at this stage in their lives, RJ or Day? And as Day is walking out, he said, me. Which, that's ten of ten, ten of ten dadding, no notes. That's that's tremendous. Yeah, you, yeah. It was there was, if you watch the press conference, you can find the press conference on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Buckeye Huddle. This very one, this very one, unless you're listening on a podcast, in which case it's a slightly different one. Either way, the you watch the it's just a half a second there at the beginning, where he like just kind of catches himself. You can tell how proud yeah. he is of his kid because you know i think i think there's probably people who are going marshall that's not even a power five school no 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 no. like the percentage of uh high school athletes who play college at any level it's either seven or nine percent i've seen this statistics and that's that includes d3 naia juco it is a minuscule minuscule portion of the high school athletes who play at the college level so to play at the D1 FBS level potentially have an offer like that after his freshman year. You know, he's, they said, you know, yeah, we're thinking there, there may be more to come, but you know, he is, I, th I think Ryan Day, the coach, likes RJ Day, the player, in terms of work ethic. As he said, he just does it. He just, he only thinks about his football, all he wants to do is football, obsessed with it. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, Jeremiah Smith or, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison, no offense to uh, RJ Day, he does not have Marvin Harrison Jr.'s um, genes. So, you know, the, he may not, he may not turn into a top five NFL pick or he may, but having that work ethic, that makes you an attractive and you, an attractive uh, prospect. And you know, he's going to be coached up. You know, he's going to understand the offense. You're not going to have to explain stuff to him seven times. Do you think Day will be upset when, happy or upset when the New Hampshire offer comes and he's like, crap. <laughs> Now he's at, he's at least as good as me. Yeah, at least as good. Well, I, some, some might say that a Marshall offer is better than a New Hampshire offer. I have not studied Marshall or uh, New Hampshire's quarterback room particularly closely. But, uh, well, uh, the siren says it's noon. The siren says it's quitting time. So I think we are done for uh, done for the morning. Uh, guy, I do appreciate you guys all joining us on this sort of impromptu live uh, reaction show. We will probably do a uh, morning show with some of these Ryan Day clips. We can go into a little more detail in some of the coming days. I started writing down, uh, here's all the stuff he said about quarterbacks. And it's like, boy, we could do 45 minutes on just the quarterback position, it feels like, and the coaching position and all that kind of stuff. So we will uh, have those shows coming up for you very soon. Special guest appearance by Kevin Noon. Hi. His equipment's not working and neither is he. <laughs> Always nice to have Kevin join us. Thank you, you guys. Should have waited, dude. You should have waited. <laughs> Thank you guys all for joining us. Have a great day. We will talk to you tomorrow.